0: things theology all things theology we chop it up properly without an apology gotta get thexology to god hollow because this is how we do it at all things theology well grace and peace grace and peace guys welcome back to an episode of all things theology where i'm your host k-dub and today we're gonna take the marcus rogers challenge but before we get to that Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel if you're not. As always, click that notification bell so you can be aware when I drop content. Yes, we're going to take the Marcus Rogers challenge today. He gave a challenge recently in a video. Someone sent to me saying, hey, I want you to prove that the Bible does not teach that baptism is necessary for one's salvation or your justification. So I'm going to demonstrate that. We're going to go through some of the verses that he thinks teaches this doctrine and also we're going to go to other texts that actually uh, contradicts his own position and just test the level of consistency i think that's a good manner of uh you know teaching it. we should be consistent throughout all the scriptures and so we're going to do that just uh yeah how y'all doing today hope y'all's day's going well your friday thank y'all for joining me on this friday i have my uh my waterloo for this one right hey get you a you know, hey, I promote healthy, healthy drinking around here. You know, zero calories, zero sugars. It don't have to be Waterloo. I don't discriminate. Get you a nice, you know, uh, soda. Get you a nice drink without all that nasty stuff like Coke. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll we'll talk about this more. Yeah, baptism. Let me lay out my position, just so it's no surprise. I believe salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Leave it all alone. Foretold in the scriptures alone, right? It's all it's all about Christ, right? Nothing we can do can add to his work. No merit we bring as the song goes. Nothing in my hands I bring. Simply to the cross I cling. Amen. My <laughs> well, man, most excellent Theophilus says, What's with the state trooper mustache? Grace and peace. Hey. Hey, trying something new. Trying something new. Okay, <laughs> maybe I'll. Maybe, maybe people will. Maybe Marcus Rogers will debate me if I have a mustache. Maybe. Maybe that's the link we're missing. Before we actually get into this video, I stumbled across another video, which was done two years ago. So before we get into the baptism controversy, I want to look at this video because I, I. I. It's very enlightening. Uh. When it comes to Marcus Rogers, the, the psyche of Marcus Rogers. So we're going to analyze this. Then we're going to get into this video. Check it out with me.
1: Um, but the thing that God wanted me to address was for all those people who think Brother Marcus Rogers is a you know false prophet. First of all, the first thing I'm going to say is I bless you in the name of Jesus. I love you. I look at your guys' videos, you know, most of my comment, hey, love you. And i let you know that I'm praying for you um, in Jesus' name. But the Lord also wanted me to just...
0: By the way, this is, a, like I said, it's an older video. This is about two... Uh, it's about two years ago, but I think it's interesting what he says in this video.
1: Put this out there and some are going to receive it. Some are going to reject it. Um, but touch not God's anointed and do his prophet no harm. Right. If you, so
0: (laughs) Marcus Rogers says, Hey, this is what God wants me to tell you, right? Touch not His anointed. You know, this is for all the people calling him a false prophet, all the people making videos about him. Touch not God's anointing. Well, I know God did not tell you that because that verse is out of context. Again, this verse isn't saying you can't correct others. You can't say, hey, you're preaching heresy. Um, So that's how I know God didn't give you that verse and speak to you to give this message because God would not contradict uh, the context. (laughs) You know, he's not violating his own standards just for you. So I, I know that's the popular charismatic um you know what do you call you know verse they like to use for you can't you can't say anything bad about me touch not my anointed right how many times have we heard this verse on this channel right yes exact for known world uh, you're exactly right the verse actually means not to kill him not to do them physical harm that's what touch not my anointed meant means biblically now. You know the charismatic movement love to take this verse. You know, remember remember Benny Hinn. I wish I had a holy gun, sh- holy shotgun. I'd blow your head off, right? It <laughs> just throw threats at you. Uh, you know, "Touch not my has been used by many people to justify their false teachings and 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 their false uh, living. But let's hear what else God has to apparently
1: say. Look at the evidence. Everything that I've been prophesying since 2015 has come true. Hmm?
0: Hold on. Wait, wait, wait.
1: What? Bro, what are you talking about,
0: man? No, not everything you have prophesied has come true. You know, I I know a lot of your followers don't like when I mention this, but your Trump prophecy definitely didn't come true. You have made many false prophecies, my friend. You have made false prophecies that come false. I mean, you had a 50 for 50, 50 shot at one and you missed it. <laughs> you know, it, you know, it, it rimmed out, you know, you didn't make it,
1: but you know who always makes true prophecies? God did. God, you can check the videos. You can check the receipts. Right, the Bible says you would know them by their fruit. You might not agree with me on everything, and, I, and that's understandable because he, Peter and Paul didn't agree on everything either. But I, I don't like when he uses this, and I've heard this
0: being used by other people. Peter was corrected and he submitted to what Paul was saying because he knew he was wrong. Now, we don't have an instance where Peter and Paul were just uh, disagreeing on some major theological issue. So I don't like when people use that example, but he loves to use that one. I, sorry, I just looked at his shirt. I just think it's ironic that it says this.
1: <laughs> I agree with his shirt. I agree. I agree. For some of you to go and say God told you that he was a false prophet, usually, it, you know, if you're being honest with yourself, it's usually your voice.
0: Uh, I, I find that very ironic. See, here's why I don't I don't I don't affirm it because I hear a voice. Right. See, this this is this is the battle of God's voice. Once you open your the Pandora's box to, well, God told me outside of scriptures. Here's my here's how I come to the belief that Marcus Rogers is a false teacher. Scripture. That's the only way I know God speaking is because the Bible says, you know, there was an old song back in the day. (laughs) You should look it up. It's kind of funny. But what does the word say? (laughs) You know, that's that is my position on how we come to any any position on what God has spoken, right?
1: Because you didn't agree with me on something, and then your pride rises up. Most people that I've watched their videos who call me false prophet, it's usually because I've offended them with something that I've preached. Technically, he's not wrong. You have
0: offended me. It offends me that you would preach a false gospel. Yes. You know, that. yeah, that that has offended me. So technically, he's not wrong, but... He he's he means it in a totally different way. Um so your preaching doesn't offend me in a sense that it's just so convicting to me. I mean, we got Paul Washer in our camp. <laughs> we got Paul Washer. If you want convicted messages,
1: right? We we got people way more than this uh gummy bear Christianity, you know. We got <laughs> Nobody can say that Marcus Rogers preaches a watered down gospel. I always tell people, don't take my word for it. I say everything I say in my videos, go pray about it. Go seek God. Go study the word for yourself and and seek God for truth. Don't just listen to anybody. I tell that to everybody in the video. What kind of false prophet would tell people to go seek God more, to pray more?
0: And I've always. Many false teachers have done that very thing. Many false teachers. So it's not a marker of you're not a false teacher. If you just caveat your false teaching with, oh, but go pray about it. Go seek God. Well. They're listening to you still. So that's the year.
1: Challenge people. I said, look, if you think that Brother Marcus is, you know, um, a false prophet or a false teacher. And I
0: don't I don't know why he refers to himself like with third person, Brother Marcus. It, it, it's kind of weird. It's kind of like a narcissistic tendency. Like, if I just call, always reference myself, like, uh, Brother K-Dub here and just always just reference my. It, it's just kind of weird, but I don't want to make a too big deal about it.
1: I said, come to one of the services when I come to your city. Come to one of the services. Come hang out because I guarantee you what you think you know from the internet or what you hear from other people is not true. If I'm a false prophet... So he says, hey, if you think I'm a false teacher, you
0: should just come to my services And when I'm in your city and you'll see kind of differently, right? Well, lo and behold, you you guys remember when I came to one of his uh, services that he did in the Dallas area? Y'all remember that? (laughs) We heard a bunch of this. That's how good the server was. It was just as much as that. Right? So, yeah, I did come to your service. And lo and behold, you got security kicked me out. And I didn't even say anything. He, I mean, he asked my friend, "How did it? what do you think about the service? And he was like, it was whack. <laughs> right it was whack you just got offended easily offended talk about pride being hurt i offered when you came to my seat hey let's go have lunch man i'll pay for it and you didn't want to do it so yeah false prophets generally don't put them in a position to be challenged you know like yourself Yo. no, Yo. <laughs> Yo.
1: <laughs> sorry 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 a little too excited but i'm doing more than a lot of people are doing who are talking bad about me. They're just sitting behind the computer. We're out here winning souls lives are being changed. But for some reason, like that, this is what's so crazy about a strong delusion. You will attack somebody who's doing more for the kingdom than you. And you're just sitting behind the computer trying to get some views off a of video.
0: Uh, so this one's interesting, right? Because so his, his argument here is, well, Um, y'all ain't really doing nothing like us. And, and- Look, false teachers generally have a, a yeah, so I said, it's boasting. Absolutely. Just because you're doing a lot don't mean you're right. You know who does a lot? Jehovah's Witness. You know who does a lot? Mormons. I guarantee Mormons do more than anybody <laughs> to our shame, right? To our shame, because we should be zealous, right? Yeah, yeah, Rashawn. Lord, Lord, didn't we? <laughs> I, I think that's somewhere in the Bible. I, I I can't think right now. Right, <laughs> that's to sound real familiar, right? That's what it sounds like. He's boasting in what he's done. That's why he's right. Right. That's why he's right. And it wouldn't be a uh, Marcus Rogers video if old June didn't come accusing me of, uh, you know, all kind of accusations. You're welcome to be here, but you know what? If you know the false teaching, calling out false teachers. Makes you upset. You know what you can do?
1: Me. If I make you feel some type of way. Me.
0: If you're in love with the heresy, you know, I mean, if that's what you're for, so I mean,
1: just wanted to get that out there. But hey, I would like you to stick around. You might learn something. It's very rare that I've met somebody that thinks I'm a false prophet, but they're going as hard as the kingdom for me. I mean, I can't even really even think of one individual. I can't think of anybody doing as much as me. That's so prideful, man. So prideful. Who?
0: (laughs) You know what? I I can say humbly, man, I know many people who put me to shame in their good deeds, in their works. Right. Um, You know. I mean, there's many people I'm convicted by. I don't, I mean, there's much I can do, <laughs> yeah. dropping some vocals, you know, Hey man, I, I can do a little, you know, but you know what? There's better singers than me too. you. know what I mean? There's.
1: <laughs> and I know that if someone really has the spirit of God, they know what's up. And that's what's so dangerous because some of you are borderline blaspheming against the, the Holy Spirit because you see a move of God and you're trying to crucify it and you're trying to kill it. And God wanted me to tell you, Hey man, you better repent and you better be careful what you say because you curse yourself, you curse yourself. I've seen God do-
0: So, you're borderline blasphemy if you call Marcus Rogers a false teacher. Like, you want to you want to hear the blasphemy of that statement? Right? That is blasphemy. That is prideful, that is arrogance. L- let me let me say this to those even who disagree with me. I don't believe you're committing blasphemy by disagreeing with me. We can have a conversation, right? And we can go to the text. You know, Um but it would be it would be asinine. It would be absurd for me to say, well, you don't you don't agree with me what I'm saying. You think I'm a false teacher. Right. You don't. You, you come in blasphemy. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know Marcus Rogers was the only begotten son. Apparently he thinks he is. No. We can go to the text. Now, if you deny the gospel presented in the scripture, it's not me you're disagreeing with it. You're disagreeing with scripture. I don't have to believe in the, in Marcus Rogers to be saved. Right. But Marcus Rogers has said plenty of times. If you don't accept that he is from God, right? You guys remember this? If you don't accept Marcus Rogers as a a prophet, a, 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 sound teacher, you don't have the spirit in you. Right. Someone said, what's the rest of his shirt saying? That can't be all there. <laughs> Certainly. <laughs> hey, regardless, I agree with it. <laughs> right? I agree with it. <laughs> with
1: so many people, so many people who said bad things about me or try to do things to hurt me, like, over. I mean, I remember there was one particular guy on YouTube which bashing me all the time, and then boom, went down, and it happens over in my whole.
0: Boom, went down. What does that mean? Like, his views went down, his subs went down, or did he die? I mean... You got to be clear on what you mean. <laughs> and then just because he died doesn't mean it was a result of calling you a false teacher. Well, eventually we're all going to die. So guess what? I can say the same thing about Marcus Rogers. Well, the reason why he died was because he said we're not. See, anytime you want to find any evidence to present your position, you can't. Doesn't mean it's valid evidence. So we don't know what happened to this guy. Just boom. <laughs> I don't know what that means.
1: Life. So I just warn you in love, you know, really pray about it. Put all of your uh, preconceived ideas away. You know, oh, well, me and Brother Marcus don't agree on this or agree on that because really it's pride. Most of the YouTube guys that I see when I, I watch them because I say, OK, Lord, you know, what's, what is their issue with me? And really, it's pride. I hurt their feelings with something that I preach. They're a lukewarm Christian. that don't want to be challenged. Um, or it's just like I said, we don't agree on something. And so they just can't imagine that they're possibly wrong. And so they get mad.
0: That's a great description of Marcus Rogers. He can't fathom that
1: he's wrong. He can't fathom, right? But yeah, some people, like I said, they just want to get views, so they use my name. So he's just throwing it, he's
0: throwing everything out. Oh, you're trying to get views. Oh, you're prideful. You just can't fathom. He's just throwing everything in the in the kitchen sink. He can't actually fathom that. No, people just don't like the false gospel you're preaching. They don't like the heresy. That that's essential. It's got nothing to do with um you know pride or 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 wanting to use marcus rogers for for views before i heard of marcus rogers i was doing content (laughs) you know i know he thinks he even thinks uh our motivation is him which is
1: absurd but god is uh, a tree is known by the fruit it bears god is showing you know who his true voices are you know we're seeing the evidence we're seeing the fruit so regardless if you watch this video and you still think oh brother marcus is false prophet look i love you I'm praying for you guys. Just be encouraged in Jesus' name. And as I always say, study for yourself. Seek God for yourself. Don't take my word for it. Just seek God and he'll show you truth always.
0: Yeah, but if God shows you something different than what I'm saying, right, Marcus Rogers is like, oh, well, you're not saved. So very interesting. Yes, Marcus needs to use his GI Bill and go to seminary from one veteran to another. Absolutely. Yes, we support, you know. Our veterans. Right. We support our troops. (laughs) Go to seminary. Right. So I thought that was interesting. Just just uh, showing Marcus Rogers attitude to those who disagree with him. Um, You know, if because Marcus Rogers. So we're going to play a video where he presents a challenge. And I'm calling it the Marcus Rogers challenge. Right. The uh, the recipe to salvation challenge (laughs) uh, where Marcus Rogers states that salvation is by baptism. Right. You need to get, if you want to be saved, you gotta get baptized. Now he's gonna contradict himself clearly in this video. Very clearly. Um, uh, but I don't want to spoiler I don't wanna do no spoiler alerts. But after watching a video, how can you not ask the question
1: Wait a minute? Who are you?
0: Who are you? Right? Who are you? I mean Man, you know I, I you know I, I give a similar challenge to my you know, listeners, to those who like this show, like All Things Theology podcast, and I would hope the reason why is because I point to scripture and, you know, try to give a reasonable defense for the hope that lies within us and, you know, expose false teachings and hopefully an encouragement to you. And, you know, I, I always tell you guys to think about it, think about it, right? Don't take my word for it. I always tell you that. Think about it. Go to the, Let's go to the text. And so I want to play this video. And answer Marcus Rogers on the, uh, what is it the uh, Marcus Rogers challenge? Right. He says nobody can answer this. Nobody can. Nobody has ever given a response to them <laughs> on these issues. Right. So all those commentaries you have, they've never answered any of uh, Marcus Rogers' uh, right, questions. Right. Nobody. He said this is the reason why he don't. You know. Let me let me not spoil it. Let me let's get into it.
1: Before you watch this video, you know I just. Ask you to pause it and just take a moment to pray uh, before you just intake what I'm about to say. It's about 2 09 in the morning. I could not sleep. I was up praying, you know, to God about some things that I just, you know, saw on the internet. There was a Christian comment section, and people are just arguing and getting so angry. And I'm like, man, how are we arguing and divided about this stuff? It is so obvious, it's so clear to me in the Bible. I just, I just don't understand like why people can't see it. And then people say, well, you know, why don't you debate on this channel? I've debated for many years and on this particular topic, every time it comes up, you know, I notice the same thing that I notice in the comments. When I bring up these verses, people, they don't address it. It's like they just deflect to another scripture. And for me, when I read the Bible, the Bible cannot contradict itself. So I want somebody to not deflect from the scriptures that I'm about to show you guys and actually address it, confront it, digest it. And then, you know, let me know in the comments what you think each scripture means and why you believe, if you believe the opposite of what I believe, why you believe what you believe, right? And so the- All right, so that's the Marcus Rogers challenge, right?
0: He wants you to answer specifically the text that he brings up, not just deflect, right? But specifically answer the text. Okay, well, we're going to answer the text, and then at the end we're going to provide verses that actually contradicts what he teaches, right? right. And one of the things that um, Marcus Rogers thinks he he thinks if he just reads the verse, right, he just he never in none of this he never prov- provides an exegetical response. He just reads the verse and says, "Well, there it is." Well, you have to explain what the verse means, right? But he never—he doesn't do that. But we're gonna respond, right? We're we're gonna respond. Uh, embracing everyday realities. I'm dodging. How am I dodging when I had a conversation with you? Um, I've I've already told you. <laughs> I've already told you. I, no need for the uh, for the language of I'm scared. Trying to present that to people. Uh, I told you, hey, I'm going to respond to this video. I don't have time to bring you on. Maybe another time. But we've already have a conversation before, so. I'll try to make it seem like I'm scared or something. Trust me, I'm not.
1: All right. Topic is baptism. It just it blows my mind how angry and upset Christians get about this. All right. So, they always deflect to Romans 10:9 10, 10:9 9, 10, 9 through 13 and I'm against- Now he's saying people always was, uh deflect
0: to Romans 10:9. Well, Romans 10:9 I, I don't believe that's the strongest actually argument. So I don't know who he, who these people are that he's referring to. Now I'm not saying he's lying. I'm I'm sure he's people have used that verse. But there are actually other
1: strong texts. Um, you know, but we'll we'll keep it going. Get to that in a minute. All right. So Mark 16, 16. I'm gonna try to go through this fast, keep your attention.
0: All right, so Mark sixteen sixteen. This one is one of his first texts. Let's uh <laughs> someone say he's going to Acts two thirty. Oh, you already know. He's going there. But we'll deal with Mark 1st 16, sixteen first. Let's
1: let's allow him to read it. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Pretty clear, right? He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. I don't know how people just look at that verse and they have an issue with baptism. John Well, okay, so notice he just again, he just reads the text and
0: um You know. Yeah, he just reads the text. He doesn't actually explain the issue, but we're going to do a deeper dive than he did on Mark 16. Uh, so let us, let us read this text. Now I want to point something out to you guys. Uh, now Marcus Rogers doesn't know how to deal with this. He, he kind of just said, cause he's no, someone has brought this up before to him. So he's aware of it, but he just ignores it. Right. He's aware of this, but he ignores it. Um, so, If you notice here, we're in Mark chapter 16, notice that some of the early manuscripts do not include Mark 16, 9 9 through 20, you know. So one of the texts that he included, right, their early manuscripts do not include this. Now, let me, um, you know, show this right here. Some manuscripts end with the in the book with Mark 16, verse 8. Others include 9 through 20. Amelia after verse, at least one manuscript inserts additional material after verse 14. Some manuscripts include after verse 8 of the following, yada, yada, yada. So many scholars have concluded that this is not actually um, early. It's not in the earliest sources. But I don't want to confuse people, but, you know, you know, I think there's an issue of textual criticism we have to deal with, right? We're not, Christians are not to be, um embarrassed, ashamed, or unaware of these issues. Um, we don't hide our information, right? <laughs> this isn't something we're trying to brush over and say, well, don't worry about it, right? Because atheists know about these things. Unbelievers knows knows know about these things. And so we have to be ready to be able to give an, an apologetic, right, a defense for for these issues. So, But let's say you say, hey, look, I still think it's authentic. Okay, all right. I still don't think it teaches what Marcus Rogers teaches. Notice what it says. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe is condemned. Now, notice what, uh, you know, the condemnation falls upon not believing. Notice it's not baptizing. But not believing. So it's not real consistent with Marcus Rogers view as well, um, because if you believe baptism is necessary to be saved, then you have to believe the opposite that not getting baptized will damn you, right? Well, that's not presented in Mark 16. It presents uh, the damnation or the condemnation upon not believing. So um, again, not consistent with Marcus Rogers view there.
1: So let's continue. 3, through 8, all right? Nicodemus said, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? The verse before that, Jesus answers and says, unto them, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Very clear, he cannot see the kingdom of God. All right, so then Nicodemus says, well, how can I be born again? Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. It's clear. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that is not is damned. Notice that's not what it said. Oh, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. He, he's saying, Mark 6. Okay, hold on. He said, except a man be born of the of spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And then here's one that really gets me.
0: Acts 2. 2- okay, so he didn't actually explain the text. He assumed certain things about the text. Now, let's actually look at John chapter 3. Right? Because many... Uh, Works based proponents, <laughs> uh, baptism proponents to be saved love John 3, but it actually doesn't say what they want it to say. Right? It doesn't say what they want it to say. John chapter 3 is not referring to baptism at all. At all. I'm going to prove that here. Jesus is actually referring to an Old Testament text. Uh, many people. Uh, uh, you know, have have pointed out the consistency with that, but let's let's read this right. Jesus answered him, truly, to, truly, truly, I I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So this act of being born again is how you see the kingdom of God. Now Marcus Rogers thinks that's being baptized. Well, um, anyways, we'll, we'll we'll further go along. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Now, Nicodemus did not understand the spiritual component that Jesus was talking about. He was not talking about literally being born again, right? As, um, you know, in a physical matter, that's what Nicodemus thought. That's what's like, how how do you get, how do you get into your mother's womb again, right? (laughs) Be born twice. That's what he thought Nicodemus thought, right? But he's missing the point. Jesus brings more clarity. Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say, unless one is born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now, this verse right here, many people believe that Jesus is actually referring to water baptism. That's not the point. I'm going to prove that Uh, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear it sound, but you not know where it's coming from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. So let me explain this. Then I'll provide further exegetical background to show. Ultimately, what Jesus is presenting here is the sovereign work of God in one salvation. Unless you see with these eyes to see, right, which is presented later in John chapter six, right? Right. You cannot be born again. Before you even have faith, which is seeing the kingdom, something has to happen. It's this miraculous work of regeneration. God has to give you eyes to see. He has to give you, uh, you know, a new nature, right? Otherwise, you would continue in your rebellion. Let's provide background on this text. Where is Jesus referring, referring to? Well, it's my position that he's referring to Exodus Chapter 36, verses 25 through 27. Exodus 36, 25 through 27. Notice notice the similarities, right? Born of water, water in the spirit, right? We see that, right? In John chapter three, water in the spirit, water, right? Spirit, right? Being born again, right? Before you can see, well, let's look at this. Let's look at this. Your explanation is false and erroneous. <laughs> well, your statement is an assertion and no proof. All right, cool. Um, verse 25, I will sprinkle clean water on you. Hmm. And you shall be clean from all your uncleanliness. And from all your idols, I will cleanse you. And I will give you a new heart. N- n- I-, I want you guys to pay attention to something. Notice all the eyes. And the you is passive. The you is receiving something. The I is something God's doing. Notice the emphasis in these texts. The active person and the passive person. Let me start over verse 25. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean from all your uncleanliness. Why? Because you have the clean water on you. And from all your idols, I will cleanse you. Why? Because of the clean water that was uh, sprinkled upon you. 26. And I will give you a new heart. Notice it's God doing this. And a new spirit, I will put within you. Notice it's God doing this. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Notice that's something God is doing. And I will put my spirit within you. Now we see the spirit, right? The Holy Spirit is, is placed in us and calls you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. Right? So this is the classic text Ezekiel uh, 36, 25 through 27 is the classic text on being born again, on regeneration. Now, again, did Marcus Rogers provide any exegetical uh, proof of that? He just read the text to say, see, it says born of water assumes that's about baptism. But he didn't provide any, 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 you know, he just assumed his conclusion. He assumed his argument. He never provided any um explanation for it It's it just it, see water just has to be water it just has to be well water we've already seen how it can refer to uh to a a, a, a spiritual sense not a physical sense nicodemus was un- misunderstanding the text cuz he was thinking on physical uh realities w- what sense does it make to say well you just got the wrong physical aspect that's not Jesus's point. That's not Jesus's point. Jesus is presenting a spiritual paradigm, a spiritual uh, reality a component that Nicodemus is mentioning, not not understanding. And the reason why it was so uh, essential, so bad is because Nicodemus is supposed to be a teacher of the law. He's supposed to be a teacher of the law and he doesn't understand this simple point. Right. Yeah. Someone said Cato's explanation is false, but Marcus Rogers didn't give any explanation. Right. (laughs) Right. I get it. It's cool. Right. I get it. You have to understand what it means to be born again. You have to understand regeneration. It's a sovereign work of God. And so now I just provided a lot more (laughs) explanation than Marcus Rogers did. Right. He just read the verse. Um. And thought that taught what he, he he assumed many things about the text and thought it taught what he stated. Let's go on to our next point.
1: People say, well, baptism, it's just it's just an outward expression. It doesn't really mean anything. Peter said unto them. Rep-. Well, it's an outward expression, but it does
0: mean something. What? You know what? Let's talk about that. What does b- baptism actually point to? Well, Romans six actually gives us a. Uh, a good view of baptism. Which points us to the resurrection of Christ, right? Do you know that we have all been baptized into Christ Jesus? Uh, verse three: We're baptized into His death. We were buried, therefore, with Him. Notice, notice the correlation. <laughs> this is why I'm a uh, I'm a Baptist. I'm a immersion because of the analogy given here. Notice, notice what it says. Let me let me share my screen. Notice what it says: We were buried, therefore, with Him by baptism into death. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, by the glory of of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. So the baptism points to the death, burial, and resurrection, not only of Christ, right, but ourselves as well. We were dead. Now we've been made alive. Right? Right? That is what baptism points to. And now our identity, our identification is with our Lord Jesus Christ, who is our covenantal head. Right. We are in him. We have union with him. Right. Go. You know what? Do a study on that. The in him language, with him language, uh, by him language. This is what the theologians have called union with Christ. There's good books on that, by the way. Union with Christ so essential, so that now what happens, uh, you know, Christ, you, you know, he since we have union with him, um, you know, since he's been raised raised, I will be raised. It brings a certainty because of our identity with him, right? So. To say, well, well, uh, unless you believe baptism saves you, then it doesn't mean anything is absurd and asinine. It's absurd and asinine. You know, um, maybe we'll lay that more out. But but this is what baptism points to. Not just getting wet, not just a Christian sacrament. We do. It actually has great significance. And, and absolutely as Bain said we are made alive prior to our physical baptism absolutely right it, matter of fact baptism points to that you have already been saved that's what it points to so uh i am very passionate about the uh baptism it's it's a you know but i don't believe it saves it doesn't justify you you know anything other than christ makes a terrible savior and Christ is not a co-savior with other things. He's not a savior with your acts. He's not a savior by you going to church. Should you go to church? Absolutely. Should you be obedient? Absolutely. But those other things do not contribute to your justification. We're going to bear that out further. We just want to give a response to
1: his text that says no one can respond to. So let's continue. And be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Baptism is for the remission of sins. I so I want I want people to really look at that. Don't just skip over it. Don't just go deflect to Romans 10, 9, 9:13 9, just those three verses alone that I showed. All right, so he he
0: next went to Acts 2 uh, 38. Let me share my screen with you. Because like I say he, he doesn't explain the verse. It, it just means what I'm saying it's mean. It means what I'm saying, the conclusion states, right? So after they heard the preaching and they were cut to the heart, they asking, brothers, what shall we do, right? And Peter said to them, Repent to be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is a text he doesn't read because it actually contradicts what he just said, or his conclusion. For the promises for you and for your children, and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. So notice that's the salvation, salvation the promise is dependent upon the lord our god calling those to himself i just want to point that out um there's something i want to read real quick something i want to read real quick um where is this um th- there i i don't want to get into the greek of this because i don't want to um <laughs> i don't i don't i don't want to um make people feel like oh well i don't know the greek right so i can't i can't um i can't answer this right right let's say you didn't know the greek right let's say you didn't know the Greek. that's fine because i think the greek actually brings this out the greek doesn't attach the forgiveness of sins with baptism it actually you know what i I will give a little greek background sorry i said i wasn't gonna do it um you know let me see um so the Acts 2.38, the main verb is uh, repent, you know, metanoicete, metanoicete, yeah, uh, change mind. The aorist direct imperative, a command of metanoe, which means to repent. This refers to the initial repentance of the sinner unto salvation. The verb translated, be baptized, is in the indirect passive imperative. It's a command to receive something, not for you to go do something. It's a command to receive something unto yourself which does not give it the same direct command implied with the word repent. Um, the preposition for, which is in the Greek ice, uh, in the phrase for the remissions of sins, um, unto or into, and it is the accusative case, it is the direct object. It uh, it can mean, you know, for the purpose of identifying you with the remission of sins. Um, repentance, therefore, is uh, present presented as identifying an individual With the remission of sins, even as baptism following repentance um, provides an external identification visible to others. Uh, Repentance is something that concerns an individual and God while baptism involves others. And so repentance deals with the person's heart. Uh, Baptism is an act, the fruit of that. Um, And so. Someone said, stop, go to the Greek. So (laughs) I'm afraid of the Greek demons. (laughs) Yeah, so. Like I said, much more can be said. There are scholars, uh, like uh, what's his name? Let me let me look at this. Um, what is it? I think I. Oh man, did I? Oh hold on, there it is. There it is. It is. If you want to uh, provide get a further uh, view on on this view, you can look up Greek scholars like A.T. Robinson or J.R. Mant- Manti who have maintained that the Greek preposition ice in Acts 2.38 should be translated because of, or in view of, and not in order to, or for the purpose of. And the, they, they provide further reasons because of this, because of texts like Matthew 12.48, which actually demonstrates that this word ice can be tra- translated because of. And so, like I said, I, I don't want to get too deep into that. Um <laughs> uh, I don't want to get too deep into that. But again, Marcus Rogers just he just he just reads the text and just thinks he's he's done the job. Yes, Matthew. Water baptism is a public declaration of our faith. It is essential in the Christian life, but not for your justification. Let me say this. If you're a believer, you should get baptized. For what reason? Well, one, just cuz God commanded it. You should do everything God commands. <laughs> right? Uh, but that doesn't mean those commands now justify you and make you right with God. We're going to we're going to elaborate fully on that in a bit.
1: Right. So let's continue playing this video. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Ye, if you're not born again, which is the recipe to be born again is to be born of the water and the spirit. Ye can. The recipe to be born again, which you make water, water baptism. And now you
0: say get water baptized and the spirit has to assist in this act. To you say there is no recipe to be saved, at least not from us, because <laughs> it's by
1: grace through faith. Even our faith is a gift. So enter the kingdom and then Acts 238, that baptism is for the remission of sins. And so and hopefully my explanation made sense. Hopefully my explanation
0: uh, helped you understood Acts 238. Now, this is why Marcus Reuters don't like the Greek. Right. He don't like the Hebrew because now he has to deal with this stuff and he's not equipped to deal with it. Right, why, because God just told him right he that, that's the lazy way of studying right Is't it convenient that that you just get the uh the convenient voice of God to come down and tell you what is truth rather than you just going down and studying yourself, putting in the hard work and labor like the rest of us you know simpletons must be nice,
1: you know people say, well, we're saved by uh you are saved by uh grace and faith alone, ephesians two. But the thing is, the Bible says, faith. uh, now notice he denies that
0: he does not believe Ephesians two, eight, where it clearly says, um, let, let let me share my screen here. It goes further than what he said. It's a lot more condemning to his theology. Notice what it says for by grace, you have been saved through faith. Right. And this, speaking of the grace, salvation, and the faith, I take that because the, uh, and, and if you go to the Greek, the this is in the neuter, capsulating the whole of before. This is not your doing or not your own doing. Speaking of the grace, salvation and faith. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Oh, sorry. It's the it that is in the neuter. Referring to the grace, salvation, faith. Right. It is the gift of God. What is the gift of God? Grace, salvation, and faith. Now, what many people want to do is they want to say, well, no, just the grace is the is the, if the gift and salvation and faith aren't. Well, no. <laughs> Are we really going to say that that salvation and faith aren't gifts of God? There's something we muster up and, and work ourselves. Absolutely not. Notice what that verse nine says. Not a result of works. So that no one may boast. You know why salvation Grace and faith are not results of works. God don't want you boasting in it. We're going to go to Romans 4 later to establish even more of that. Right. God doesn't want any aspect of your life to get to you to get the glory. It's all for his glory. Psalm 115 one, not to us, not to us, but to your name be the glory. It's all a work of God. The grace, all of God, salvation, all of God. The faith that you have now, it's all of God. Not because of you. May you glory in that truth. And that's why God will keep you. Because it wasn't dependent upon you to get in it in the first place. It was God. All of God. There's There's a hymn that goes, grace, grace. God's grace. I love it. It's all of God's grace. From beginning to the end. He will save whom he will save from
1: beginning to the end. Amen. Amen. So, yeah, let's continue. Cometh by what? Hearing the word of God. Jesus said, you're my disciples if you continue on in my word. So, faith isn't just saying, oh, I believe in God. Faith is from the word of God. That's where our belief system is. That's why you have all these rappers and music industry people who say, oh, you know, um, yeah, I believe in God. And so, then they think that they're saved because they've said that out of their mouth. Now, let's go to Romans. Well, it's you know why the rappers aren't saved because
0: they don't they didn't they don't have genuine faith. It seems Marcus Rodgers has a theology of, well, well, if you claim to believe in God, you have faith. Now you just have to add works to it. No. Our faith. Faith essentially means the trusting of Christ, right? The object of our faith is Christ. That's it's, it's the trust. Now, fruit of it is you act out in obedience, but the but the but the um act of obedience itself isn't the faith. It's the fruit of faith. Now, Marcus Rogers squishes all that down, And this is why he's genuinely confused. If you don't make these distinctions, you will end up with the false gospel. You will end up with the works based gospel, Judaizer type gospel. When you flatten all this down, you don't make the proper distinctions between justification, sanctification, faith, works. You don't make these distinctions. Then you'll end up with this. Um, I'm seeing a comment that's quite disturbing to see uh, from standing vertical. Um, If you're doing what I think you're doing, please stop. Let's let's have fruitful discussions and disagreements. And we can leave it there. No need to get upset and act out in the flesh. But I won't time you out. just giving a warning. But yeah, let's keep going.
1: 913, this is the verse that I always see people. Like when I give them Mark 16, John 3, Acts 2, Acts 10, Acts 19. They... Now I've responded to those verses and those other
0: verses. He seems to think if it mentions baptism, then that means it's necessary for salvation. Seeing someone get baptized doesn't mean that's the case. If that's the case, then um, Jesus or Paul getting whipped 39 times mean you need to do it for salvation. That's that's absurd. You need to understand the difference between prescriptive and descriptive. I've, I've explained that further. If someone wants me to uh, explain that, I will again. But if you don't understand the difference between prescriptive and descriptive, you'll read certain texts and say, oh, this happened. That means I need to do it to be saved. That's a very dangerous conclusion. i don't address what is in those verses they won't address what is it i i've addressed it here so hopefully he'll stop with that accusation i mean he won't
1: watch this video but yeah When what does it mean when peter says remission of sins what does it mean when jesus says be born of the water spirit now i did have one person say oh to be born of the water and spirit that just means you had to be born of a human and the woman's water breaks no, it, it's clear I, I don't even take that position because it's still placing a physical
0: component to it right And Jewel, always with the good comments, false teachers thrive on ignorance and confusion, using the mysteries of godliness as an excuse as though the word isn't clear on such doctrine. Absolutely. He loves that text. Right. He loves that text. But yes, I agree fully
1: must be born of the water spirit. So they say Romans 10, 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It says thou shalt be saved. It doesn't say thou art saved. Like if it said, if you confess with your mouth, you are saved. Like, yeah.
0: Hold on a second. Let me let me hear what he said again.
1: You must be born of the water and the Spirit. So they say, Romans 10, 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It says thou shalt be saved. It doesn't say thou art saved. Well, <laughs> that's a that's a that's a silly
0: distinction. Let me let me go to this verse. It doesn't, so, um, so <laughs> he says, well, thou shalt be saved as if, like, well, eventually. That's not what it's communicating. Um, oh, someone saying, explain it. I, th- I think you mean um, the difference between prescriptive and descriptive. Okay, I'll explain that real quick. Prescript or descriptive is uh, when, a, when a, a text of the scripture is just describing something that happened. For example... Jesus walked on water, right? It's describing an event. It can describe a historical event. Now, it would be absurd for me to command you to say, um, you must walk on water because Jesus did it. Well, that's absurd. Now, a prescriptive text is where something like the Bible says, um, abstain from sexual immorality, right? It's telling you what to do. It's telling the church what to do. Now, you know there are other prescriptions that are given in the bible not for our justification so just in and even in that breakdown just cuz something is prescribing you to do doesn't mean it's saying that's the basis of your justification
1: like if it said if you confess with your mouth you are saved like yes Jesus is God boom I'm saved that's not what it says Jesus say you must be born again right <laughs> Can you imagine Jesus saying, yeah,
0: you did everything right, but you didn't get baptized. Sorry. Can't get you in.
1: Can't get you in. Now, People always bring up the thief on the cross because they don't understand the difference between the old covenant and the new covenant. In the Old Testament, the high priest would go into the holies of holies you know, after sacrifice. Let me deal with
0: this because Jesus commanded baptism. I agree, which makes it prescriptive. I agree. If it is not prescriptive, how can Peter command baptism in Acts 10? Hopefully my explanation uh, explained that Uh, just because something is commanded doesn't mean it's commanded for not, not hopefully you would agree. Not every prescription is for justification. Hope we can agree
1: with that starting basis. In the lamb, Jesus was that lamb on the cross. That's why the thief was able to look over and say, remember me this day. But once Jesus died and rose again, we entered into a new covenant and that's why we don't have to sacrifice animals anymore for our sin. And in this new covenant, what you must do to be saved is be born again. And Jesus said, "To be born again, you must be born of the water and of the Spirit." And so, the-
0: so, Susie, you're you're actually addressing something. He he's arguing right now. If you have to be baptized to be saved, did Jesus lie to the thief on the cross when he said they would be be both be in paradise together? Well, here's Marcus' argument for why the thief on the cross didn't have to get baptized, right? Well, he's saying in the old covenant, yeah, you didn't have to. So apparently, in the old covenant, it was by faith alone. But in the new covenant, it actually got harder to get saved. It was by faith, baptism, and speaking in tongues. So, because remember, remember his um, his argument is not only must you get baptized to be saved, but you must speak in tongues as well. Marcus Rogers has said that before, right? Let me let me dispel this argument of. Well, in the Old Covenant, you didn't have to get baptized, but in the New Covenant, you do. Um, Where is this text? Uh, Romans chapter 4. Let me share my screen with you. It says, what shall we say then? What was gained by Abraham, our forefather, according to the... Wait, hold on. That's not the one I want to... Although that is important. Oh, yes. Here. Right here. Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. Because it makes a parallel from Abraham to the New Covenant believer. Yeah, Marcus thinks animal sacrifice saved in the Old Testament. Yeah, that's right. That's a terrible, terrible uh, view. The Bible says it was never by the shedding of uh, blood, blood of bulls and goats. (laughs) Uh, Notice what it says in Galatians 3, 7 um, through 9. Know that that is the fit those of faith who are sons of Abraham and the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith. Notice how the Gentiles will be saved. Preach the gospel Abraham beforehand to Abraham saying in you shall all the nations be blessed. So then those who are of the faith are blessed along with the, with Abraham, the man of faith. So what, what the, uh, what, Paul is doing is presenting Abraham as the model of how you get saved. How was Abraham saved? Faith. He was justified by faith. Genesis 12. Now that faith uh, did something in Genesis 17, but he was already justified in Genesis chapter 12. Or, you know, some people say Genesis 15. Okay, fine. The point is it was before Genesis 17. Right? Abraham is the model of the man of faith. So how can Abraham be the model of faith, man of faith, when he says he was justified by faith? But then we get justified a different way. That makes no sense, Marcus Rogers. I'm not sure you've thought about some of these things. You know, I'm not sure. Oh, there's something else I want to bring up. Something else, because he, you know, in uh, redeeming... I'll uh, make sure I have the... His channel name, right? Yeah, Embracing Everyday Reality says, nowhere scripture says it's by belief alone. Well, (laughs) that's funny. Let's go to Acts chapter three. The next chapter, the next chapter. Remember, the next chapter is, now here's the, is Paul, Peter, presenting a different gospel in the next chapter? Let's see. Notice what he tells them. Repent, therefore, turn back that your sins may blot it out that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus. So notice there's nothing about baptism here. Very interesting. Very interesting. Very, very interesting.
1: We see that recipe all throughout the new Testament. Acts two thirty-eight, right?
0: No, we don't see that recipe. There's many times where, uh, baptism isn't even mentioned when talking about justification or salvation here yeah, the rapture shall,
1: the righteous shall live by faith and baptism <laughs> marcus 3 16 yes that's right pent that's the first that's the confession you're not going to repent if you don't confess and then be baptized of the water so right be baptized of the water and you shall receive the gift of the holy ghost spirit born of water born of spirit Bapti- repent, be baptized, I'm going down in the water, I'm being born again in the water, then I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit. I want to ask Marcus
0: Rogers, let's say someone repents, they get saved like in jail, there's lack of water to get baptized, right? If They're in a context of martyrdom, right? They want to, as I believe every Christian should, yeah, 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 who baptized Abraham? That's right. Um, okay, they're in a context where they can't get baptized. But remember, his gospel says you you must. There's no excuse, right? If baptism is necessary, you can't accept the excuse. I wonder how he would respond. Well, it would just be their heart towards it. Well, then it's not necessary then. I say faith is necessary um, for salvation. There's no excuse. Well, what if they haven't heard the gospel? Well, they'll still be judged. There's no excuse. Absolutely, Kevin. No one is arguing whether you should get baptized or not. The argument is if is if baptism by water saves. That's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. Absolutely. But Marcus Rogers, it's either salvation by water baptism, and he's going to say this a little later salvation by water baptism or you shouldn't get baptized <laughs> that's that
1: seems to be his argument so when people say oh the baptism they were referring to is only the baptism of the holy spirit jesus clearly said of uh, water and then in acts 19 and acts 10 we see you know peter with cornelius and then paul he goes he says hey have you ever seen the holy ghost since you believe all right, They say, we know not whether there be a Holy Ghost. He baptizes in Jesus' name, lays hands on them, and then everybody speaks in tongues when he's praying for them. The whole house is full. Yeah, they got baptized. So what? That doesn't prove your
0: point. So I, here's the thing. Now, what's, what's the confusion that comes out of his mouth?
1: Let's say that you don't agree with me and, you know, that baptism is necessary. Here's the problem if you're wrong, then you're going you're not uh you're going against what the Bible says about being born again, being born in the water of the water spirit. If baptism is necessary and you're wrong, you're gonna be in trouble. Now here's the thing if I'm wrong, so what? Well,
0: because- <laughs> wait, wait a second. No, if you're wrong, if we're wrong, yeah, we're preaching a false gospel. I'll grant you that theoretically. Okay. But if you're wrong, you're preaching a false gospel because you're adding to the gospel. Notice, and notice this in 1 Corinthians 15, the gospel is Christ's death, burial, resurrection, right? What he did, we preached that. Notice baptism isn't even mentioned. So he's saying, well, if I'm wrong, so what? So what? It's, it's no big deal. Yep, yeah, Mark is right. It's a huge deal because that means you're preaching a false works-based gospel. You're adding to the gospel. See, he, he minimizes, he, he wants to even minimize his error. It's a huge deal if you're preaching this wrongly, because it's the gospel. How, you, how someone gets saved. You would have to admit, you would have to admit you have a different gospel. I mean, you, you already have a different gospel.
1: But even from that theoretical standpoint. These people, these people got baptized just like everybody was getting baptized in the Bible. So what's the problem? You see what I'm saying? That that's my thing. This this it, it, this here's the problem. You're at, you have a different gospel. And you're not you're not even listening to people. This shows you're not listening to what we're saying. Behind it. Now, I don't want that to deflect from what I said earlier. I I want somebody in the comments, you know, who disagrees with me to really break down okay, what does it mean when it says baptism is for the remission? And I explained that. And Rashawn
0: is right. Social media has made many teachers who should not be, yes. Many should heed the warning of James, right? Many should heed the warning of James.
1: Of sins. We know what the word remission means. What does it mean when Jesus says to be born of the water or the spirit or you cannot see the kingdom? And so that's why I don't do debates, because over the years, every time that I've brought these verses up, uh, you know, you know, one man of God told me.
0: Yeah, because here's why you don't do debates, because in debates, you got to do a little more than just quoting a verse. You got to do a little more than just quoting a verse. And guess what? You have to get cross-examined. And now you have to explain what you mean when you said this. And not only that, you have to answer questions that are brought out. So, yeah, I can see why you don't want to do It'd be a tough position to defend this.
1: Well, you know, Mark 16, 16 through 17, technically, it's not even supposed to be in the Bible. Like, I wasn't expecting that to be, you know, the argument oh, no, no, that verse, technically, it's not even supposed to be in the Bible. And so it just... I mean, it's not, though. I mean, but but you don't have an answer for it. You don't have an
0: answer for why it's not authentic because of its, like I said, textual uh, variance. You know, you don't know anything about textual criticism. And that's fine to an extent, but show some humility if you don't know about it. Don't just, oh, well, well, you're crazy. That's not an answer.
1: It's just one of those things like, man, I want unity in the body of Christ, but the baptism is. We cannot have unity apart from truth. So clear. I'm like, what is making Christians fight against baptism? I understand this problem. We're not
0: fighting against baptism. We're fighting against baptism uh, for salvation, for justification. See, he doesn't, he conflates it all. If you don't think works are necessary to, for baptism or baptism is uh, necessary for justification, he says, well, you're just fighting against baptism.
1: <laughs> people who they've got grandparents and parents that you know maybe didn't get baptized. So then they feel like you're saying, oh, well, if they didn't get baptized, my loved ones went to hell. I'm not sending people to hell. That's not my job. That's not my responsibility. But it doesn't change what the Bible says. He that believeth in baptized. I mean,
0: but that would be your position that if someone does not get baptized, they are going to hell because you believe it's necessary. For justification. So you would have to tell someone. That, yeah, they are in hell because they didn't get baptized. That's your consistent. That would be you being consistent with your doctrine, because guess what? If someone does not have faith. They're going to hell. I'm not ashamed of that that's what the bible teaches. You should be consistent
1: with your doctrinal teachings, Marcus. Shall be saved, that is not is damned. Doesn't change, you know what I'm saying, what it's saying. And so I believe that, you know, God is a just God and he judges people uh, you know, based off the knowledge that they have. Like if he couldn't be a just God, like let's say there's some island somewhere where they never heard uh you know, the gospel. And I believe even Paul talks about this a little bit, like knowing to do right and things like that. But God wouldn't be just if he threw those people in hell and they never knew, Oh, I need to get baptized. Like, let's say they just, you know, confess, man, like Jesus, Jesus is God. Or they just believe. So notice he just contradicted
0: himself. So he's saying baptism is necessary for just for, for salvation. But if you don't know about it, then it's not necessary. That's absurd. Then it's not necessary. (laughs) <laughs> this is it's contradicted himself right there. Because I believe even if someone has not heard of the Lord Jesus Christ. If they die without faith, they will perish. That's Romans 10. That's why we send evangelists. That's why we send missionary. Right. We do missional
1: work. But he makes an excuse for his bad doctrine. If no one came like Paul did in 1919 and gave further instructions, I'm not going to say those people are going to hell. But I do believe that if God gives you the word and then you reject it, I even believe that it could be the spirit of the Antichrist working on people to fight against it. Because if if the baptism is for the remission of sins, the Bible is clear about that. Why are you fighting people? And oh, why are you going around something? Oh, you don't need to get baptized. Why? When Peter and Paul clearly were baptizing all these new believers, it just doesn't make sense to me. You know, and so, you know, people think I'm arrogant. People think I'm unteachable, but it's like, I think you're just wrong. I, I, I think the same about you, but I'm willing to defend this. We can have a debate
0: over the Trinity. We can have a debate over uh, your works-based salvation views. We can have a debate over those. Remember, I t- I'm the one who said I'm, I'm willing to, it wouldn't cost you anything. I had people that said, man, we will pay for you to get there, K-Dub. We, we, you know, support you financially, hotel, the flight, uh the venue, the, you know, food, if you need it, it wouldn't be an issue financially. That would be taken care of. All we have to have is Marcus Rogers willingness. <laughs> we can have it. I want, I want an in-person debate as well. I don't want it online. I want in person. You know what? I'll even go in the dungeons, the, the, the <laughs> in the lion's den. I'll, I'll do it in firehouse. And guess what? I'll, I'll, I will, the money that would go to the, uh, to the venue hey we'll let marcus rogers have it for opening up you know using lights i understand that stuff costs money i'm not inconsiderate to that i would be willing to do that but someone sending marcus rogers this section say hey debate proposal he's already denied me once but so
1: i know he's not going to do it it's so clear in the bible and people are just taught oh yeah just pray a sinner's prayer and i'm saved but that's not me i'm not for the sinner's
0: prayer so so notice Everybody gets lumped in the worst form of of his opponents, right? He gets lumped in with all, I don't know who he's talking to online,
1: right? But we all get lumped into this. Not what Jesus said. And there's no examples of that in the Bible. Like I said, people always reflect, deflect to Romans 10, 9. And they built a whole doctrine off of this one verse. But when you look at these other verses, the Bible can't contradict itself. Peter didn't stand outside and say, hey, guys follow me and say this little prayer and you're going to be saved. He said, repent, be baptized, you shall receive the Holy Ghost. Paul did the same thing. Jesus did the same thing. Jesus didn't say, hey, Nicodemus, you got to confess, you know, this this little um, this little prayer, you know, and then you're saved. He said, you must be born again. And to be born again, you must be born of the water of the Spirit. So then if you take Romans 10, 9 through 13 and put it in the proper context, you know, it doesn't contradict because it says you shall be saved. Call upon the name of the Lord. Well, that's the first step. The first step, they—they—you they, got multiple steps, and, and it's a
0: never-ending step. Exactly what the uh, Judaizers did—they added steps to the gospel.
1: confess, acknowledge He's Lord, and then from there you need to be born again. So there's no contradiction, you know. So. There is. And you, you know, you might not agree, you know, but I just
0: right, yeah, yeah, Susie. We, someone else can't build a whole doctrine off of one scripture, but Marcus Rogers can. That contradicts the whole rest of scripture, right? (laughs) Let me show you some other texts. Let me show you some other texts that disprove Marcus Rogers. Cause man, if you're struggling with this issue, I want to know how important it is. My friend, there's nothing you can do in yourself to be saved. It is a supernatural work of God by God alone that saves you. Let, Let me go to this verse titus three um, let me start at uh, verse three because i think it's important for for we ourselves were once foolish can i get an amen in the chat hallelujah <laughs> we ourselves were once foolish right you, you you know what uh self-righteous people say boy ain't no way boy. boy ain't no way boy self-righteous people do not believe that they were once foolish <laughs> disobedient led astray slaves to various passions And pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. Right. But notice the contrast. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior appeared, shows Jesus is God. Right. He's the one who appeared. He saved us. Hallelujah. Amen. (laughs) Notice, notice this. He saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness. Wow. But according to his own mercy. You want to know how if you're a Christian right now watching this, you want to know how you got saved by the mercy of God, by the grace of God. Not because of what you did in your righteousness, but because of him who is righteous when he appeared. Notice this by the washing of regeneration, not because of the washing of baptism. That's not what it says. The washing of regeneration. So this shows that the act of washing water refers also to regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, how are we justified? By grace. Say it with me in the chat. How are we justified? By grace. We might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Wow. Wow. Amen. And because we've been justified, What do we do? Verse eight. Look at the later half. We're careful to devote themselves to good works. But that's the fruit of salvation. Good works. Good works are not the result or or, sorry. Good works don't uh, merit you. Salvation. You get the order wrong. You get the gospel wrong. All of grace. All of grace. What shall we then, Romans 4, what shall we then say was gained by Abraham, our forefather according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about. Look, if it's by your actions, you can boast. You can boast, but not before God. <laughs> I love that. I love the the um, theological prowess of the Apostle Paul, The the excellent argumentation. Takes away every leg that you're trying to stand on for works righteousness. For what does the scripture say? Notice this. The very thing Marcus Rogers mocked, the very thing other people in here were mocking, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. How are you how how do you receive the righteousness of God? You believe on him, you trust in him. You trust God for this. You trust in Christ, who is God. Verse 4. Now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as gift, but as a due. <laughs> right? If I say, "Hey, I'm going to pay you $2,000 as a a week as a as a gift," all you have to do is work for me on a day, 5 days a week. <laughs> that's not grace. That's a paycheck. Right? Romans 11, 6 talks about that. Uh, I think I have that pulled up, right? If it is by grace, it's no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace would no longer be works. When you add works to the gospel, you no longer have, or sorry, when you add works to grace, you no longer have grace. You just have works. (laughs) Notice what it says, verse 5. To the one, now listen to this. You want to be justified? I'm going to give you the verse. Notice this to the one who does not work, (laughs) but believes in him who justifies the ungodly. His faith is counted as righteousness. Now, Joseph Smith had a hard time understanding this verse. So he took out the part where it says not. And so many people are doing the same thing. You want to be justified by God? Don't work, but believe. Trust. Don't work. Don't work for it. Believe in him. Trust in him. Amen. Just as David also speaks of the blessing of the one whom God counts righteous apart from works. Blessed are those who lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sin. You want to be the blessed man? Don't work for it. Don't work for it. You want to be considered blessed? Don't work for it. Verse 5 says that. Don't work for it. I mean, how could this be? Trust in Him who grants this by His grace alone, by nothing you have done. Even our faith is a gift. It's all of God. When you understand that, the Christian life is so freeing to go out and work. When you understand it's all by God's grace. Yeah, that's literally what the Book of Mormons say. Saved by grace after all we've done. After we've done all we can do. That's Moroni 1031. The Book of Mormons. Yeah, shout out to the new moderators. Welcome to the team, y'all. Welcome to the team. Gotta give shout out to the mods. Best mods. Got the best mods in the YouTube world. Let's go.
1: <laughs> Let's go. Let's, play. Let's finish this up. It's sad to me that, you know, it is like that's why i'm up at 2 o'clock. Oh, and
0: make sure make sure you like this video. Look, 85 people watching, 46 likes. Let's let's get those likes up. Get them up up up. Let's go. You know what? Uh, hold on. Get the likes up. Yo. Ha, yo. Ha, yo. Ha, yo. Ha, yo. Ha, yo, ha, yo, yo, up, yo. Yo. Get
1: yo, yo, the likes yo. up. Yo. Yo. likes up? i literally be praying about this. I said, Lord, you know. I want unity in the body of Christ. But like hey, Marcus Rogers,
0: so do i. So do I, but not apart from truth, not apart from the
1: truth. Stuff like this is so, it's so crystal clear, obvious in the Bible, but it's like when you show people, they start manifesting, they get angry. I don't know if that's a religious spirit. So of course he got to accuse you of having a demon, right? What
0: kind of video would it be if Marcus Rogers didn't accuse someone of having a demon for disagreeing with him, right? I mean... I mean, that's, that's just his go-to thing, right? You got a demon. They start manifesting, right? Yeah, yeah. Need that Trump face when talking about the mods. I might do it after this video. <laughs> we might have a little fun. <laughs> they
1: don't want to be wrong. They don't want to, you know, pride kicking in, you know. But it makes no sense that we're still arguing about baptism. Then drop your view. It just doesn't make <laughs> it makes no sense. To Change me. your view. And then. then, you know, what I've noticed a lot of times, too, is like, uh the guys who are arguing about it, they baptize people. So like why Yes,
0: because we believe you should get baptized. It's just not necessary for salvation. See, he does not even he does not even know the argument. He cannot even fathom it. Oh, hold on, I gotta bring out Saint Westbrook. What? <laughs> Bro, what are you talking about, man? What are you talking about, man? Oh, I need, to, I need to play this one too, man. Still, son, I'm just a saved by That's how we save, yo.
1: See, but he don't know. He don't know. Why even have the, you know, oh, Marcus is false. He believes in baptism, you know, to be saved. <laughs> I'm just preaching what the Bible says. I'm not telling people to mess with crystals or, or or some crazy stuff. Well, you don't have to be a, you don't have to mess with crystals to be a false teacher.
0: Uh, there's many people who are false teachers. You did a video about a false teacher. And I agree with you recently. But yes, Quentin says, baptism does save us. First Peter 321. You need to read the re- You need to quote the rest of the verse. It says not the removal of dirt, but it talks about this spiritual act of baptism. See, this is what happened when you you actually don't know what the verse says. Of course we're saved by verse. That doesn't nullify baptism. Yes, it does. (laughs) If you add anything to grace, it's no longer grace. But you've missed a lot, so you got to catch up. So, like, just leave it alone. Like, let people get baptized. Let people get baptized. That's not the argument. We don't let people get baptized by a works-based gospel that says, you're doing this to get right with God over my dead body. If my church started doing that, I would jump in the
1: water and say, nobody's getting in this water today. Nobody. Think I'm playing? I would. Just like they did in the Bible. You don't see nobody arguing against getting baptized. You know, and there's an, there's another thing that was, you know, just on my mind. But I'm going to do a separate video about it, you know. Um, how, mu- how much I want to bet is about the Trinity. <laughs> so it looks like I'll be making another video soon. You know, the whole words that aren't in the bible <laughs> how did i get i knew it you know just imagine somebody like me was reading the bible and i looked at the godhead and i came up for a word for it you know and you know many of you have heard me say this before but think about what i'm saying like i said man the godhead okay i'm gonna call that the, blue, blue, blah, blah. Blah. the apostles never talked about blue blue blah blah jesus never talked about blue, blue blah blah blue, blue, blah blah the word is nowhere to be f- this is a silly marcus riders level argument in the Bible, but people are running around judging people's salvation based off a word that's nowhere to be found in the Bible. Like, oh, he doesn't believe in the blue, blue, blah, blah. But some man who's not an apostle, who's not Jesus, who wasn't in the Bible, came up with that word to describe the Godhead of what he saw in the Bible. And people really are running around with something that has nothing to do uh, with the Bible, a word that a man made Think about that, and it's a- all of these
0: words he's using are from an English word that was made, so it doesn't make any sense. Religious spirit behind it because we're we're, d- and I, I guess that's all the video I have. So, so yeah, uh, that's where his video ended. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah, man, G- gotta let him know, man. Chill, son. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I'm saved by grace. Chill, son. Chill, son. You know? uh, Yeah, Mark is going to make another 1,500 miles tall guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the word Bible is not in the Bible. That's right. You know, so. He's not very. I don't want to insult him. Um, I want to be as fair as I can, even to those who I think are preaching falsehood. Uh, He's, he, he's not thought deeply about these issues. You know? Not thought very deeply, you know, but you know what? Jesus, all up in your sound system. Hey, that's what we're about, you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> I walk away from these videos hyped up and exhausted. Hey, let me tell you, that's how I feel. <laughs> and, I, and I have a movie premiere to go to tonight, and so I would be exhausted. I feel you, though, I feel that energy, I feel that energy. You know, uh, <laughs> you know, baptism doesn't save, but you know who does save? God did. God, God alone, man. Not you. Yeah, somebody said they wanted the Trump. Y'all want the? Hold on, <laughs> I got something for y'all. I got something for y'all. You know? Hey, we going from the milk to the meat. Y'all like the little the little stash from the baby though? I'm growing up, growing up in the faith. You know, you got to go from the milk to the meat. Stop, stop staying on teachers that get you the, the milk. Got to grow up, man. Got to grow up. (laughs) You know, hey, can't, can't stay on that baby food all your life and think you're going to be, uh, you know, growing up, you know, (laughs) baptism does not save, you know, (laughs) does not save you. Just going down in the waters like this, you know. I should have did the video like this the whole time. (laughs) I should have did the whole video like this. Grace and peace, guys. Welcome back to an episode of All Things Theology, where you know, (laughs) look, you could be, you need to be buried in baptism spiritually, right? This will not save you. It's the spiritual baptism that saves you, amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's see what we got. We'll see what we got. We got the uh, Marcus Rogers uh, theme theme person, right? Hold on, hold on. I got something for it. I got, the, I got, the, I got the, I got the sound effect for this. Where is that? There you go. Why you always lying? Marcus Rogers lying. Why you always lying? Right, right. And this is Marcus Rogers when he feeling himself. Right, he just get big headed. Right, just big headed, man. No reason, man. No reason, man. What what else I got? Just robbing y'all of good theology. Right, just robbing y'all. You know what I'm saying? Let's. That's how people be doing it, man. Or my, or, my, or my other one. Right? Right. Just. Come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> right? Yeah. Marcus Rogers be making up false Trump prophecies. You know how I do it here on the All Things Theology podcast. Got to give Brother K-Dub the... Honorable mention podcast of the year. You know, it's a pretty good podcast. You know, baptism does not save you. Do you hear the it fear's from President Trump? You know? But I think I have another guest coming on that's gonna teach you the same thing, you know. How are we saved? It's by Jesus alone, yo. <laughs> it's your boy. <laughs> yeah, I'm cutting up. I'm cutting up in here. Didn't you know I was waiting on you? You know? Jesus walks. God show me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, who else I got up in the party? the party? eh, 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 Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> yeah. Who else? Who else in the party? Yeah. Hey, man, y'all, hey. Y'all, y'all, come for the theology, but y'all stay for the, uh, for the filters. I feel you. <laughs> I feel you. You know, yeah. You. <laughs> Alright, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> cut it, cut it out. Hey, cut it out. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yo. All right, y'all. <laughs> you know, this is my last thing, man. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? Hope y'all enjoyed, man. I hope you learned a lot about baptism. Hope you learned how we're saved. It's through Christ alone, by grace alone, the gospel alone. Leave it all alone. <laughs> Shout out to Miss Titus, too. Go follow her. She's been doing some great work, apologetic work, addressing uh you know a lot of uh beyonce stuff but of other apologetic stuff culturally too so make sure you subscribe to her doing great keep it up sis uh, yeah hope y'all learned a lot hope you enjoyed the end hope you <laughs> for those who missed it maybe you'll go back and check the replay uh like i said this is how we do it here at all things theology man leave a like subscribe share it out hit the sub button Till next time, y'all know how we do it. Grace and, peace. Grace and peace, y'all. Grace
1: and peace. Grace and peace.
0: Grace and peace, Grace and peace y'all. Till the next time, y'all. Grace and peace.